Welcome or welcome back to Smutty Sundays. I'm your co-host, Bethany. And I'm your co-host, Katie. Yay! Oh my gosh. I feel like our audio was so much better last time, and now we're taking it a step up again because we have an outline. Yes. (laughs) Good audio outline. We're a real podcast. (laughs) Immediately talks over each other. Like... (laughs) I'm so, I'm literally the worst person I know about that. No, same. Literally same. Um, but if you're new here, uh, we uh, talk about smutty books. And this week we have read Stolen by Starlight. It is the first Warrior Kings of Eliath book by Sarah Ivy Hill. Yes. I am this book was so good and I I know we say that about like every book this has been by far one of my favorite reads this year yes Um, I I really like the sci-fi genre so I feel like I'm a little bit biased Um, Mm -hmm. but if you're looking for something that's not quite as dark as like Becca Sailor's uh books well i wouldn't say they're yeah. dark but like the beginning of that was really emotionally dark. yes and the whole series is very emotionally not draining because they're not draining because they all have happily ever afters but they're very emotionally charged there's yes. a lot of heaviness alongside her fluffy Yes, and I feel like this is very not fluffy, but it's it's lighter. It's not quite mm-hmm. um like I just got off of a binge of some dark romances. So <laughs> I um I actually recorded a mini episode with Brian explaining the entire plot of her soul to keep or oh a soul God. to keep. I did it again, Opal. I did it again. Like I keep calling it her soul to keep. It is a soul to keep. Um, but I just recorded a mini episode with Brian explaining the entire plot of the book. Um, because I know he's not going to read it, but I feel like he still needs to, I need to hear his reactions. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. But yes. Uh I guess we should get into trigger warnings for this book. Alright, so um, Sarah Ivy Hill has become one of my new favorite authors specifically because of how she handles her trigger warnings. Yes. So in the beginning of the book, there's a content guide and it says, Stolen by Starlight contains scenes, references, and tropes that may be unsettling to some readers. Please take care of yourself by checking the content guide before reading to ensure that you have the best experience. You can find it here. And she links to her website um, where she has an entire webpage devoted to the um, trigger warnings, content warnings, tropes that are involved in each of her books. And then she follows it up by saying, if you have more specific questions about the content of this book, please email me. She lists her email. She says, I'd be happy to elaborate further on any areas of concern. Happy reading, Sarah. And when I saw that, I was like, that's it. That's it. She's in like the top of my readers or the top of my authors for this year because I love that she recognized the need for trigger warnings while also recognizing that some people don't want the book spoiled because I know that's like a huge 
argument in the book community right now. It's like people don't want it spoiled. So what she did was she set up an entire web page specifically devoted to it. So if you want the warnings, if you need the warnings, they are there in explicit detail. And if you don't want the spoilers, you can just keep on going. Yes. And and so I I think that that is... I haven't seen anybody else do that. I'm going to be real. Like, yes. That's, it's really nice. It's like the perfect, It's to me, it's like the perfect compromise because I feel like trigger warnings are absolutely necessary, especially in an emotionally charged genre such as romance. If you pick up a horror book, you know it's going to have horror. If you pick up a murder right. mystery, you know it's going to have murder. If you pick up a romance... You have no idea what it could have, and you're putting yourself in this emotionally vulnerable state to read it, not knowing what could be in there to trigger you, because it's so all-encompassing. And like you said, it's it's really emotionally charged, and, you know, a lot of times with sexual experiences and things like that, there are certain things where maybe it wouldn't trigger you if you were you know, watching a horror movie, but because it's this situation mm-hmm. with romance involved, that can be mm-hmm. triggering. So there's an extra layer. So just yes, great, great job, girl. Great job. Love, love that. Um, the and actual love, trigger warnings. Yes. Oh, sorry. I love that she split it up. My bad. <laughs> no, you're so fine. she split it up into depicted in scenes. So like, this is what's on page. She split it up into depicted in scenes, referenced, and then the tropes. So depicted in the scenes, there is violence, captivity, abduction, adoption, adoption. I can't talk. <laughs> abduction, adoption, biting, human trafficking, child endangerment. Referenced in the book, there are references to parental death, child neglect and abuse, a negative foster care experience, and implied sexual assault. And for tropes, it is alien abduction, sold at auction, language barrier, enemies to lovers, hurt slash comfort, royal hero, reluctant heroine, faded mates. Yes. All the things I love as far as like, it's like, like the last three is like the faded mates, the reluctant. Oh my God. I am a sucker for faded mates and I keep like getting attacked by book talk by those videos. It's like, uh, it's the glasses videos where they're like, you're in in love with faded mates and like they flip it to like put the glasses on it. And it's like, you believe that no one would love you unless they were like forced to. And I'm like, can you stop? Stop it! Stop. Stop calling me out! I feel oh, that. I get though. so attacked. <laughs> I also, I this is also one of my favorite tropes as well of all time, and you know that, and it, it's getting stolen away and then being told you're a princess. That's all I ever wanted. Yes. In life. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't know why. I really like the, like, the sold at auction books. I think because those were, like, such a big thing for me. Like, in my teens, I read, like, the the sold at auction to a billionaire. Like, five yes. million fucking times. Twilight fanfic. <laughs> One of my oh. favorite books of all time is Belladonna. And it's about a woman who sold... That. Yeah, I sold at auction. I literally can see it, like, because it's the biggest <laughs> book on my bookshelf right now, and it's got, like, a oh. silver back and red 
uh, gloves. It is very fucking triggering. I should not have been reading that when I did, but that's one of my favorite books. I of remember all time and I sold it you off. telling me that, telling me about that book in high school, and me being like, "That is fucking dark." Dude, that's not a happy ending sold at auction. That is a tale of her getting sold at auction and then her escaping and wrecking shit. Oh my god. That is fucked up. But it also, um, that book also addresses like some kinks and things like that you get from trauma um, at towards the nice. end of the book because she can't orgasm unless she's tied up like she was uh, for the oh. for the man who bought her. And she Mm -hmm. feels fucked up because of it. But, like, I think that representation is very important. Like I said with Becca Saylor Mm -hmm. about, like, the the hypersexualization after, like, trauma happens and things like that. Um, Because that's a very real thing that happens. Yes. Um, But I will get on a tangent about that every episode (laughs) if you let me. So. (laughs) Okay. All right. On to the goods. The goods what everyone's so here good. for okay <laughs> what's your spice level oh man the spice level it's so hard for me to to pin this one because i feel like it had quite a few scenes but the language was a little flowery for me yeah just just a little it was certainly not like Harlequin romance novel, like no. velvet wrapped steel or like my petals opening. I use that uh, every time because like that. No, but that's that's literally <laughs> all that they they would say in the Harlequin it, romance. It, so it wasn't quite that flowery, but it also wasn't as like in your face, dick clip pussy as yeah. um, a lot of what we read is but i still feel like it was really spicy so maybe i'll give it like a three to a four yeah i'll give it a four just because the scenes are so well written like yes i do agree and the thing is is that the plot of these books i feel like i would read them even if there wasn't smut in them yes am i I really it was like fade to black yes am i elated that there's smut yes um, mm-hmm. But I would 100% read the whole Elioth King's, mm-hmm. like, drama between the brothers um, yes. without any of it. And I think that maybe that made my rating for the Spice go down because it didn't stick out as much. But right. I, it's not a bad thing. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not. we're not going to be reading fives every time, you know. Yes. I you would know. read this if it was YA. <laughs> Yeah. The way that it's written, the plot, the political intrigue. Oh my god, I was obsessed. Yes. Um, I would absolutely read this as a YA novel. So like, if you're looking for a really good plot to smut ratio, this one was fantastic in my opinion. Immediately when I got through with, which I got through this in two days, um, and mm-hmm. it was not quite a binge at all, but it was very close because I read the first like 10% of it one day and then it got really, mm-hmm. really busy, like doing a bunch of other stuff at home. And so then I had to read the rest of it. But once I started reading the rest of it, it was like all. Yeah, I couldn't you know, put like, it down. Couldn't put it down. Um, I literally started the second because I, I have no self-control and the third one comes out on the 31st. I almost started the second. I think Wednesday. 
Oh my yes. god. Oh my no, god. No, when the I just... when I finished it and the Kindle thing popped up where it was like, rate this book, I immediately was like, five stars. I'll put my thoughts mm-hmm. later. Like <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> Usually that's what I'll do is I'll like I'll five star it and then like if it was like really like just exceptionally fucking good for me, I'll get on Amazon and I'll like I'll write a review for Amazon and Goodreads. This one I I literally wrote the review right then and there because I was so obsessed. Yes. So obsessed. It was so good. So the plot of this was this group of women is abducted from Earth um, by one alien race and they are sold at an auction or are supposed to be sold at an auction um, for a different alien race and um the warrior king the the king of this specific planet that they are on he has gone to the fighting pits to release some anger um about his father's death and when he arrives he immediately smells his fated mate and i am such a sucker for those and like can the I ones just where say, like, they immediately smell them. I'm like, oh. Yes. Can I just say, though, he was super excited about her being in the fighting pits because he was like, she is a warrior. That is hot yes. as fuck. <laughs> the entire time, like when she, um, Ada, um, mm-hmm. is our main character, our heroine, um, when she is taking things for herself, when she is not taking his shit or taking other people's shit, Lothrin, I think is how you say it, or Lothrin? Lothrin? Lothin? Lothin? I think. L O T H A N. I you okay. know me. I can't say names. No, you're fine. Lothin <laughs> fucking is fawning at her feet. Like, yes. Just loves everything about her, but specifically when she is not taking shit from anybody. He's obsessed with it. He loves when she like stands up for herself stands up for the humans which they call terrakins um i love that i love when a male protagonist not just accepts that a female protagonist is like outspoken and take no shit but when he actively like loves that feature about yes is obsessed with that personality trait Um. that's one of my favorites one of my least favorite tropes, though, because I feel like it's in every book, is my first defining character trait to make you like me as a character and sympathize with me is that I have a sister I take care of. Holy shit, can mm-hmm. we please get a different family member? Every <laughs> single romance novel, and I'm not shitting on this book, I love this book, but it's every single one. Is, is I need to make my character trope. sympathetic, so I need to give her a sister that she takes care of. No, mm-hmm. do something else. <laughs> I'm so tired of it. <laughs> oh, and I think because like I don't have younger siblings, so I can't even remotely relate to it really. Because I mean, I have a brother who's nine years older than me. Um, I think. Maybe that's why the trope doesn't, like, stand out to me as much. Yeah. Because I don't relate to it whatsoever. So it kind of just, like, fades into the background for me. I don't recognize how many 
novels have that until someone else brings it to my attention. I think it's it's this one, Ruby Dixon's The Fire in His Blood. Oh, the, yes. Uh, <laughs> fucking Zodiac Academy. <laughs> I, can, yes. I can go on, but there's, there's several. And I'm just like, this is so specific <laughs> like uh-huh. this is such a specific trope um but beyond that um there's a few wonderful quotes that have to do with Lotha being a king and like the and ada being a party princess back on earth before yes. she was abducted i love that i can't I get over that. that that was that was her job back on earth was she like would dress up as the princesses and then go to p- little children's birthday parties or events or whatever and pretend to be the princess for them yes there were so many quotes like related to that that just like were so fucking cute oh i, I literally to, like, um and she has a rough home life of course um right. i don't mind that trope but her her mother told her that she was a princess and that her dad had to go away and they were like safe from people that would want to hurt them when really her dad just left but this is the quote from that yes uh ada's mom said or ada said about her mom her best fairy tale was about our dad she told us he was a prince from a faraway kingdom who had to leave our family because otherwise he'd be banished by the king she said it didn't matter if we didn't have official recognition. We'd always be royalty, and we should be treated as such, even if it was secret. And that was so sad. And, of course, her mom dies. Uh- <laughs> and then they're placed into foster care where she they're repeatedly treated awful um, to the point where she eventually just starts taking on the brunt of it to protect her sister, Lena, um, who is missing the entire book. So most yes. of the humans are missing the entire book, but Lena, her sister specifically, they had gone back to go rescue all of the humans after she was finally able to like communicate with the king. They went back to rescue all the humans and her sister Lena is gone. Most of the humans are gone. Um, but when they eventually, spoiler alert, um, when they eventually rescue the remaining humans who were aboard another ship and had left to be sold somewhere else they got everybody but lena yeah um lena brie and i think one other girl and jaya, so, jaya? Well, i think j-a-y-a i think i think jaya was oh yes she, she was it's that's it that's a spoiler for the end of the book anyway <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, so this whole time she's, like, searching for Lena and, like, trying to get back to her. And, of course, um, she makes some mistakes along the way doing that. Um, several reviewers called her Too Stupid to Live, which was an acronym that I had to look up. Yes, uh, T-S-T-L was an acronym used in multiple reviews and I'm dumb. I had to look it up because I've never heard that actually. They called before. Ada too, too stupid stu- to live? Too stupid to live, which I heavily, heavily disagreed with. Yeah, no. Does she make uh, maybe I just, yes. my tolerance is way up for stupidity with characters yeah. because I read exclusively this genre and sorry to a lot of authors, but a lot of them, it's, it's you kind of have to make them a little bit dumber to create conflict. 
I felt yes, like you didn't have to with her. Especially in alien romance novels, I feel like a lot of quote too stupid is easily forgiven because you're on a different planet with yeah. different cultures, with different people, with different life forms. I mean, these guys literally fucking change color with their emotions. Yeah. They like, can't even speak the same language. They don't understand each other's bonds. Because, for instance, it talks about how, like, on Ira or Ira, they don't even eat together as families. They don't have sibling bonds that are, like, tight-knit. Uh, there's actually um, a quote from the beginning of the book, and it's talking about their father, and it says, He loved nothing more than pitting his sons against each other, and he will delight, even as he meets the goddess and his body is returned to starlight, in seeing us at each other's throats. So the whole book, Ada is trying to get back to her sister, Lena, and she's, like, trying to explain, like, it's so important that she, and, and she can't relax or, like, take comfort in her relationship with Lothan, because all that matters is getting her sister, who she's protected all her life. Yeah. And Lothan's just kind of like, my brothers would never, like, I don't understand. And then we get an example of that later in the book. Yes! Literally, like, (laughs) brother does not save him from imminent death. Literally dying. And his brother's just like, this is what you called me for? Can you, like, fuck off? Literally! What the fuck? (laughs) But, like, like, that's that's the thing, is that they're different cultures. And I feel like it's so easy to forgive what some people would call too stupid to live or, like, poor decisions. You were dropped off on a fucking alien planet. Dude, I'm gonna be straight up stupid. You drop me on an alien planet? <laughs> Where you don't gonna, know the um, language. You're yes. half naked or naked sometimes. Like, there's no way. I'm going to be dumb and I'm going to be scared, all right? And I'm going to make a lot of dumb decisions coming from those two things. Exactly. I don't know how you could make good decisions in that predicament. Like, (laughs) couldn't be me. I loved the world building of this book. She came up with a whole religion, she came up with political systems, she came up with political intrigue, cultures, and customs, a whole, like, biological, brand new things, something that I haven't read before. I mean, they literally fucking change colors with their emotions. They're a walking, talking mood ring. I was obsessed with that. I had to explain to Brienne that it was not a literal mood ring, and it wasn't, like, conquered by Clippy. That because I was like the main character in this one was a mood ring and he kind of looked at me weird and I was like well it's not like it's not like those books where it's a literal mood ring like he just changes colors. <laughs> I will I will say spice quotes from this book that I fucking loved. Um, I'm sure you have this highlighted as well. It's on chapter thirty, page two hundred twenty-eight. I find the universe between her thighs first with my tongue, then with my straining cock. I hold each moment in my mind, knowing it's one of our last as I memorize it, prolong it, until every taste is a feast, every breath is a comet, every stroke a prayer. When I tell you, I just about 
fell out of my chair. Yes. Oh. And I feel like that's what I meant by like flowery language was this was such a romantic type of smut. I know sometimes we uh, go over the entire book, but I do want to say that I don't really want to spoil this ending. I just think everybody yes. needs to go and fucking read oh it. And I, I don't say that for books that like, oh, I like better than this or this or that. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. I think that people would be pissed, honestly, if they knew the ending. I know sometimes the ending doesn't matter. It's the journey. Um, right. Like, yes. I, I was fine because I got I got spoiled with A Soul to Keep and I got spoiled for, uh, I think I got spoiled for Dinner Vipers. But that didn't matter because... That's not mm-hmm. what matters in those books, to be quite honest. It's the whole yeah. build up and lead up th- of everything. Mm-hmm. Like you know what's coming. This one, yeah. J- oh my god! Like there was a point where, like, I was just staring at my phone, like, "Oh my god, is this really fucking happening?" Yeah. Like, what, is the what next? Is, what is? I knew. The, what is going to come next? Was, yeah, I knew there was another book after this. But I was like, are they literally just going to just pan to the next book and not, not like, mm-hmm. are they going to leave us not knowing what's happening? And some loose ends are there. Like, it's a semi-cliffy. Yes. Semi-cliffy. Yes. Well, I mean specifically, you might have to, like, bleep it when they're in the escape pod. No, I thought they were going to die. I 100%. I yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. Like, I was like, what the fuck is going to happen? Like. Yeah. There's some real stakes. Real stakes. Like, absolutely. Medium rare stakes. <laughs> <laughs> so many people did not like Ada. Yeah. And I just don't relate. I just don't relate to the Ada hate. Someone said, I almost DNF'd this twice. I only kept reading to see if they found the sister and to see the heroine's stupid reaction when she was proven wrong about something i'm not gonna spoil it um i couldn't stand ada the heroine she was a too stupid to live stubborn biatch she was infuriating if i was the hero i would have shipped her ass back to earth good riddance and then the only other rescued human female that was more annoying than ada jaya or jaya seems is gonna have her own book yeah no thanks i'll pass so i I don't understand the whole, like, yeah, she makes some stupid decisions, but she doesn't know if she's, like, gonna be eaten or not. Literally. And I didn't, I didn't like the Jaya or Jaya hate either, because I feel like... She wasn't even in the book that much. She really wasn't, and she was specifically the, like, the strong... She actually was the one that came up with the escape plan at the beginning, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. She was like, there were two sets of six women, I think, that were chained together. Yes. And she was like, they're going to have to unchain all of us uh, at some point. But the first group that gets unchained, you need to go and you need to run. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, it'll just be luck of the draw. Um, and one gets away, mm-hmm. but Bree, like, Bree's the Bree. one that gets away and gets sold. Yeah, 
but she was sold while everyone else was still on the auction block. But if people are pissed about it being too stupid to live, why are they mad at Jaya? Because or Jaya, because she made a plan and it was a pretty good one. It's okay. They unchain us. Somebody run. I think the the problem they had with Jaya or Jaya was just that she was quote unquote more annoying. But the thing is, is I feel like what people were like annoyed with Jaya for was how like brusque and like no nonsense and like no feeling she was. She's very similar to Liz from Ice Planet Barbarians. Yes. She's very tough. She is very no nonsense. I'm not going to take your shit. This is what we're doing. You need to listen to me because you're fucking, you're too wishy-washy, touchy-feely for this shit. Like, I'm going to take charge. Yeah. I'm going to be in control. It literally says in chapter 11, she looked like someone who could take you on a kayak tour and then tune up your Subaru. And if that doesn't yeah. tell you, like, who Jaya is, I don't know what to say. Like, my one star review is I just did also not understand the A to hate. Yeah. My one star review is also A to hate, but it's Jaya Praise or Jaya Praise. Uh most annoying heroine ever. Skip this book and go to the second one. I read the second book first, which was much, much better. Ada was one of the most annoying characters ever. All the eye rolling I was doing almost made my eyes stick in position. Skip this book and start the second in the series. So if you Take this book and take this recommendation from us and you're like, no, I actually kind of get the A to hate. Just go to the second one. But I don't understand it. I'm in the middle of the second one. Very good. Very good. And I, the second book is about Brie. And she is a very different character from Ada. So I agree. If you like the world building of this one and you like the premise, but you hate Ada, you think she's fucking annoying. Go to the next one, go to Brie, because complete, I won't say complete opposites, because I feel like the complete opposite of Ada is Jaya or Jaya, but Brie is a very good, like, happy medium. So here's um, a five-star review that's on art. This is absolutely fantastic. This story is so rich with intrigue, politics, emotions, and adventure. I'm floored by how much I love this book and just know the series is going to become one of my absolute favorites. I was hooked from the very beginning because of how fast-paced the story progressed. It seemed like your average sci-fi romance with insta-love, faded mates trope, which I'm a sucker for, but it soon turned to one full of intriguing characters, political and family rivalries, world-building, and so much more. I literally couldn't put this book down, and I'm about to begin the next one because I'm dying to see what comes next in this world. If you're looking for a fun and exciting love story, this is your book. And I agree. Like, I love the series. I'm putting it up there with um, Ursa Dax's uh, Faded Mates of the Sea Sand Warriors and Zoe Draven's Horde Kings. Like, that's how much I enjoyed the series. And I feel yes. like it's so different for me. Because so many of the alien romance novels, they kind of blur together almost. No, because and there's only so many original things that you can do. Yeah, no, I mean, like, you're going to you get abducted. You're going to have one race that's not yes. human and then one race that's vaguely human. 
that they wind up falling for. Maybe they're kings. Maybe they're ambassadors. Maybe they're chiefs. Like, there's only so many things you can do. But I really right. like this. I liked the writing style. I liked the world building. I liked the political intrigue. I liked the family rivalry. I liked the... Um, I feel like she took a lot. Yeah, I feel like she took a lot of tropes and weaved them in very beautifully. um, Because I feel like when you Mm -hmm. take a little bit of everything, it can feel like a mishmash. But it really felt like, yeah, it was. These all were very seamless. I felt like I agree. And like the just the fact of Ada being um, like a party princess, you think that that's a throwaway thing because. you know oh well now she's a real queen that's funny but no it actually shows that she worked with children and she's very good with them and she winds up Mm -hmm. being very good with like a child on the street that asks her if she is a princess and like is very diplomatic about it and like tells them that like everybody's a princess in their heart and like things like that and that's something that like party princesses like say and everything so Mm -hmm. I thought that was really nice I felt like that could have been just a little throwaway gag of like, right. oh, that's funny that that's what you were doing. But it was like a but big, it was, yes. it was genuine. Yeah, it was a part of her character that she was, yes. you know, good with kids. She was, uh, you know, I don't know. Just, I liked it. Oh, and Blingy. Oh my god, so, Blingy. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil I, it for y'all, but y'all. Blingy. Y'all, Blingy. The oh little greenling. So Greenling is the word for, like, children. Yes. For those of you guys who are just like, what the fuck is she talking about? Is that, like, a new alien race? Yeah, <laughs> Greenlings are their word for children. Oh, my God. There are so many scenes related to him that I just fucking bawled. Yeah. Just, just wanted to cry. Cry, baby. <laughs> um, oh, my five-star review... Um is titled surprise by a by an idahoan appearance i don't know what that means um the initial inability to communicate is effect effectively is really frustrating and then oddly that ada keeps losing her clothes right after she gets dressed any alpha male silliness was balanced and explained pretty reasonably by the culture and the love interest willing to learn overall really enjoyable read I agree. There's some alpha hole silliness, uh, but it's very quickly like he's hold on. Oh, I actually have a quote about this. Uh, He does say some things that are like, you are weak and can't go here or you will be here. I will keep you. And she's like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you think that that's the way that I'm going to start like loving you but that's not the way and so right after he says i'm pretty sure this on page 188 he says something about her being weak i'm fairly certain and oh my gosh yes and lothan drops to his knees and kisses the hem of my sphili raising his eyes to meet my gaze he chokes out forgive me alara but you are the center of mine crown or not queen or not era or elsewhere you will always rule me i don't know what to say the and so in that scene 
yes if you're if you're into that about men like having to apologize and doing like big apologies and things like that and alara means queen in era um because if you're confused and, like queen, i thought her name was like ada what yeah <laughs> do what i think it's not just i think it's i think it's not just queen i think it's also like it's specifically like faded mates yes because his father never had an alara nope. but he had an absolute of fucking concubines yep we don't so like or maybe you just can't be queen unless you are i don't think he had a queen i think he just had a bunch of concubines yeah but, By the way, the Idaho thing was because she was the Kootenai County Potato Princess. She was an Idaho pageant queen. That's right! That's right! <laughs> the Potato Princess. Oh my god. Now that one, I feel like, it was, was, a, was a funny throwaway. Yes, that like was the, a funny throwaway. The Party Princess was absolutely, like, a personality throwback. Yes. But okay. she specifically mentions, like, multiple times that she was a pageant princess. <laughs> a potato pageant princess. And I died. Yes. The one the one pageant I won was a potato potato pageant princess. That's amazing. <laughs> I did not even think of that. Um, well, great, great review title. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about the book without putting too much spoilers in it. Um, five out of five, four mm-hmm. out of five on smut. Yup, I agree. And a hundred percent on the wit. There's so many funny like one-liners turned down the dial space slut. Yes! Yes! I died. Okay, well I have to go and visit my family. Um, So I am gonna say that this was a fantastic read. Everyone go read Stolen by Starlight. Yes, 100%. Read the whole series. The third book comes out August 31st. So I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I got to read it. The series is okay. so good. <laughs> All right. Well, we will see, see you, next, you time. next time. Bye. Bye. Okay.